0: I think he caught him with a left hook to start off the onslaught. I, I can't remember. I watched he it.
1: He caught him with four bangers is what he caught him with. Yeah, exactly. With. So
0: it, was, it was bad. It was bad. I'm ill. I'm ill. Sicker than your average. I'm ill. I'm ill. Sicker than your average. What the fuck I'm ill. What the fuck I'm ill. Sicker than your average. What the fuck I'm ill. What the fuck I'm ill.
1: And we're back here on the dope blog. We're discussing the excellent weekend in fights. I'm here, your boy Charles Day. I'm here with my cousin Tim Owens. And holy shit, we had history on Saturday when Teofimo Lopez defeated Vasily Lomachenko for four lightweight title belts. And I know what y'all thinking that's not MMA. But we told you all in the first episode that we were born into boxing. And when history is made like it was last night at the time of this recording, recorded the next morning, Teofimo Lopez is the biggest name in boxing now. He made history. It was the first four-belt title fight. And he's 23 years old and the undisputed lightweight champion after defeating The Matrix. I didn't have him beating Loma. He won what? The first... He won the first round, and then maybe you could argue Loma won the second round, but until round seven, it wasn't even a close fight. Lopez was dominating. Then Loma did, you know, took too long to get back into the fight. Me and you were saying they could make it a draw, but both me and you both believe Lopez won that fight, and he did by unanimous decision. Coming out of that fight this next morning, what is on your mind?
0: So, um, yeah, glad to be back here, Um First thing I guess I have to say is, yeah, it was it was amazing watching that fight. I didn't see, you know, pretty much every critic of Lopez was, the only way he's going to really get this is if he knocks Lomachenko out or if he puts him down, things like that. And no one, even myself, expected the boxing IQ that Teofimo had coming into that fight. I mean, yeah, you can make the argument that that second round, you know, could have went either way, but realistically, those first seven... It was it was all Lopez the whole time. I saw Romanchenko coming out just slow, just just looked slow, looked like he wasn't ready. I mean, it looked like maybe the first three rounds he was trying to figure Lopez out, but it was just a slow starter for him. And by the seventh round, he was already down so much that he had to really turn it on those latter rounds. And uh, it's amazing. It, it, it was yeah, fight history basically, like you
1: said. Lopez really took advantage of controlling the ring. He stayed advancing. He stayed stepping into Lomachenko in such a way that even though Lomachenko really is a counterpuncher, he couldn't get his rhythm down. He couldn't get any type of advancement going and was just getting dominated. Now, like you said, the first three rounds were slower, and that's kind of his style, feeling somebody out so he could dominate later. But he was not able to do that. And it was amazing. Good on Lopez for being the better boxer last night. He came in being the better power puncher. But in reality, he was just a better fighter. And it was a good fight. Loma really came into the fight later. Like two rounds too late. Because if he would have started doing that instead of the eighth round. Started doing that in the sixth round. we, We could be looking at a draw. We could be looking at a Loma win. Or we could be looking at a more dominant performance by Lopez. Because when... His coroner said, you've won the fight, just go out there and box in the 12th. He did not. He went back into that ring looking for a win like he was down on the scorecard, and good on him, because based off those scorecards that we saw from the judges, they might have tried to rob him.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree with you 100%. That, I, I think, yeah, his dad was telling him, hey, you, you got this fight in the bag, just just go in there and finish it out. And he even said at the interview at the uh, at post-fight, was he said, yeah, I heard that, but I don't care. I could have, anything can happen in boxing, which he's right. Anything can happen in boxing, especially when you leave it to the judges. So, him going out there and putting it on Lomachenko was amazing. And he even hurt that guy with, I think it was a, a left hook he, he hit Lomachenko with. And that's when the onslaught really came in the end of the 12th. And um, before that, in my eyes, yeah, I was seeing Lomachenko really put it on. And I was like, hey, this could really go to a draw coming out of that 11th round going into the 12th. I instantly was like, "Oh, this could be a real draw here. This could be dangerous um, if Lomachenko wins this twelfth as well." And for me, that was that deciding factor. The twelfth round really was the deciding factor of okay, Lopez has this in the bag because he was he was losing pretty much eight through eleven, right? We could say it was eight through eleven, and then he just put it on him on twelve. In 12 like it was all in line. Like he was down on the scorecard by a lot, and he was trying to put him away. So it was a great fight. Great bout, you know, can't really say much more about it for Lopez. It was amazing. On the Lomachenko side, uh, a a little upset being as well of a boxer as he is, but that just might be the IQ and the boxing style that Lopez has that he could not figure it out. Uh, Lomachenko's angles were getting cut off. He just, everything that Lomachenko normally does was not there for
1: him that night. It it just wasn't. One of my close friends texted me during that fight, and he had uh, Loma up by around 10, believe it or not, or around 11, he said it looks like Father Time just caught up with Loma. And that could be true. Lomachenko's not as young as some of us like to think he is just because of how dominant he's been. Lopez just looked so much more dominant, and it's insane to think that coming into the fight, he was the one with just one title, the IBF lightweight title. He comes out of it with the IBF lightweight champion, the WBA super lightweight champion, the WBO lightweight champion, and the ring lightweight champion. That is amazing, and it's just insane because this morning a lot of the conversation is going to be about how one-sided those scorecards were. And we both believe the right man won, but he did not win 119-109, to 117-111. to 111. That was not the right scoring, and it's just frustrating as a fan because me and you, I think, both wanted Lomachenko to win going into it. And watching the fight, we're not haters. We're watching it like, yo, get your titles, bro. Make it your moment. And hearing those scores at the end of it, there's no doubt they would have tried to rob him if it was the other way around.
0: Yeah, um, that was what really made me concerned. I, I'm I'm with you on the fact that yeah, I was one hundred percent in on Lomachenko. I thought he was gonna kinda show this kid basically, look, you're in a you're in a new game when you're talking about fighting for all these titles. I've been doing this, I have I have the biggest titles in the world. This is a new game for you. And, you know, if it was the other way around, it could have definitely been a robbery. The one that really harps on I me, mean, the 117 to 111 is not crazy. I actually have the score pulled up here, but it's that 119 to 109. That judge, she scored it for uh, Lopez. Let me see here. I'm looking at it. The first 10 rounds were all to Lopez, only scoring one round for Lomachenko, which, which is insane. I'm sorry?
1: Do you know which round it was?
0: It was the 11th round was scored for Lomachenko. That's the only round scored for (laughs) Lomachenko. What? Okay. Yes, that's what I'm saying. That's insane. Because, you know, as I was live scoring it, we were texting back and forth. I'm live scoring it. You could have a debate for the second round. You could have a debate for the seventh round. But eight through 11 were all Lomachenko. I mean, he was putting it on him like it was... I was like, oh, man, he's just crawling back up on the scorecard, crawling back up on the scorecard. I can understand if you're thinking he's going in the seventh round, going into the eighth round, down seven, nothing. Understandable, because you could argue two and seven. But you're telling me this judge thought he lost eight, nine, 10, twelve we know, but eight, nine, and ten? That's the concern for me, and that, that really shows to boxing, even though the sport has been around for a long time, there's still some discrepancies when it comes to judging because that's insane to me. That's insane to me that 8, 9, and 10 were not Lomachenko's in that judge's eyes.
1: Yeah, that's objectively wrong because, like we said, me and you were texting that back that whole time. 2 and 7, if you want to give it to Lopez, fine. You could see certain angles you would have saw to give that those rounds to Lopez. But 8, 9, and 10, if we're remembering correctly, were strictly Loma-dominated. And in boxing, people sometimes mix up advancing for winning. Because you can stay advancing, but if you're getting chipped up while you're advancing and the other guy is landing these punches clean, he's winning. I just don't understand Correct. how lopsided it could be like that where you have him winning the first 10 rounds. Because, okay, give him 2-7. and 8-9 and nine were definitely Lomachenko.
0: Yes, 8-9, 100% were Lomachenko. The only scorecard that I have here... Uh, that makes sense in my eyes. Is which is exactly how we scored it. Uh, one of the judges um, scored it with first seven being Lopez, eight, nine, ten, and eleven being Lomachenko, and then te- uh, twelve being Lopez. That's the exact scorecard I have. That's what makes sense in my eyes. But but saying but saying Lopez won the first ten rounds is is crazy, and that's what. Not to not to get ahead a little bit, but that's what concerns me about these commissions when we're using the same commissions for what we normally talk about on this podcast, NMA. That's what concerns me, is that you have these judges that can barely judge a sport that they were... Basically, that's what the commission has been for for a long time. They can't get the scorecards right in their sport. How do you expect them to transition to a sport where it's not just striking? You have striking, you have takedowns, you have octagon control, you have top game, bottom game. It's... I don't understand how they can score correctly in an MMA bout when you're talking about a boxing bout with with scoring
1: looking like this. It's it's crazy, dude. I completely agree. And before we get on the MMA, the only thing I really have left to say about the boxing um, ESPN last night was props to both Loma and Lopez for accepting this fight, this historic fight during a pandemic with no gate because this would have been a sellout gate, not only with no gate. But it was not on pay-per-view. It was on free TV for everyone to watch. So I think these guys will actually help create another round of young boxing fans because they got to watch history if they stayed up late enough or if you know their parents pull it up this morning like us back in the day when we were little kids. I'm just happy about that because COVID pandemic has fucked the sport because, like you said earlier, the promoters. They don't want to lose out on these gates. They don't want to lose out on the money. So we have missed out on some really good fights this year just because they're not happening. Yeah, yeah, props to
0: these guys and and I also want to add in with us talking about the scorecards, we're we're not trying to take anything away from what Lopez did. He clearly won last night. I mean, the argument could be made maybe it was a draw, maybe, but that would have been that would have been almost a robbery from Lopez if you, if those judges called it a draw. So, I understand and I, w- I just want everyone and all the listeners to understand, that's not what we're talking about when we're talking about these cards. Oh, definitely. It's, we're, not, we're not trying to take anything away from Lopez. He 100% won that fight last night. And I'm also with you in good on these guys that they decided when with no gate, they're going to still put on a, a history-making fight either way. Either way, it was a history-making fight. Whoever won last night, it was, it was history in the making, either – you know, not just the youngest with Lopez winning, but even if Lomachenko won the first time, the lightweight division had that undisputed champion with four belts. So either way, it was history making, and they did it for free, like you said, on ESPN of all things. Top rank boxing, Bob Arum did it right with this, and I don't know how he convinced these guys to do it, but it was it was great. It was great.
1: Oh, and and just notes from the undercard because me and you would both be. Lacking, if we didn't bring up Edgar Berlanga, who just made a name for himself on the undercard last night. A uh, young American boxer, Puerto Rican boxer, super middleweight division. Just lumped up a dude in, felt like, a couple of punches. The fight went so fast, they replayed it twice, just waiting for the next fight. This dude got some stone hands, so keep an eye out for him. He's only got 15 wins no losses that's a very he's a very young career he just started in 2016 born in 1997 um but I definitely wanted to say him because when our cousin texted us about this guy and then he goes on and gets that TK uh, that TKO like that it was just impressive so keep an eye out for him but COVID really messed up this sport compared to the M- um, MMA this year because I like Shakur Stevenson out of Nork. he's also a featherweight And with the lightweight division locked up like this, I wonder if Lomachenko comes back down to featherweight. You still got uh, Bud Crawford, uh, who I think is the best pound-for-pound fighter right now. There's a lot of good boxers out there, so I believe me and you will be covering this sport once it gets back to normal in whatever normal is now. But there was a UFC fight night, or a UFC Fight Island 6, depending on whichever hashtag you believe, where T-City Brian Ortega... (laughs) Took on the Korean zombie Chan Sung Jung, and I don't know, but I believe your boy over here predicted the fight completely accurately.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I'll give that one to you one hundred percent. I was wrong. You know, I I tried to last podcast we had. I tried to you know not not go with the question because I was very unsure of what would happen. Um, But I didn't see to get into it quickly. I guess here I did not see the boxing that t-city was going to come out with that was insane absolutely insane i saw a post i think uh from ariel hawani that said if you didn't if you this is your first time seeing brian ortega fight and you you haven't heard about him before you would think he was a boxer that was his background which we all know that's not his background so the way he came out boxing uh fainting the way he was you know moving side to side keeping his head off the center line he looked like a boxer at, at one point and he just threw so many different things at korean zombie i didn't see it coming i was one of those haters that brian ortega was 100 talking about at the end of the fight said hey if you you counted me out on this one count again or learn how to count something like that i forget what he said that was me I, i'll admit it 100 that was me and you, you had this thing to a T.
1: You had Ortega by decision. So, congrats. Listen, b- props. <laughs> and I'll let everyone in on my, uh, my thought process with that pick. Because I don't want to act like, oh, big brain mean definitely knew this was going to happen. Because as I was watching it, as you know, I'm like, yo, Korean Zombie could knock his ass out at any moment. Because that's the fear with him. I knew Korean Zombie would be him constantly trying to advance, constantly swinging. You're not going to be able to put him down. Could there be a situation where Ortega gets him in a submission? Of course, it's MMA, but I didn't see that happening. I saw them standing up, banging, but Ortega doing what you know th- these jiu-jitsu guys do and just landing clean and getting them in situations like you, you saw in round one, two, and three with those elbows, like... <laughs> Yeah, like you said, it was a boxing match. I didn't want to cut you off, but I wanted to laugh. I'm like, I don't think in boxing you can do spinning elbows like that, because like,
0: very true, very true. I I should, I should re uh, actually say a striking match, right? Yeah, more more kickboxing match than boxing, but
1: because there there were these moments (laughs) where he would rock Chan Sung Jung, which is uh, accomplishment in itself, right? And then he like when he split him open, it wasn't the first split open that hurt him. It was that next elbow he landed that really cut him wide open. I don't know. That's kind of what I saw happening, and my only hesitance was, I don't want to count out Korean Zombie because he could really knock somebody out in these in these weight classes at any point. And I just lucked out. I'm pissed because I took an L, though. The L that I took last night was not putting money down on my prediction because my prediction, Ortega by decision, was plus 800.
0: Yes. Yeah, I was. I was gonna say that you could have made some serious money if you were betting betting on the, the sports, any of the sports books. I mean, a lot of them they were they were varying depending on where you went. But yeah, it was plus eight hundred. I saw a plus six fifty. I think um, just different number. I can't remember exactly. You know how many sports books there are nowadays. But it yeah, you you should have threw some money down on that one. Oh wow!
1: What am I am doing, man? Beautiful. All these, all these. <laughs> these dope combat sports pods i'm doing and i've been right and i haven't put any money down i don't know what the fuck i'm doing with my life
0: hey listen i i I subscribe the idea you try and stay away from the big fights um with betting you want to go for more sure sure names especially with mma but hey you you've been right so i would i would ride that train I would ride that train one hundred percent. Um, not to take anything away though from Ortega, because we can't with that with that fight. Actually, I this isn't even taken away, this is adding to how well he did. I did not think Korean zombie was ready, other than for ready for the kickboxing match that Ortega basically put on. I don't think he trained he trained so much to stay away from Ortega taking him down. That's what I think was one of the major factors that threw Korean Zombie off because you saw I think he started in the second maybe third round Ortega started tapping that uh, that lead leg with his hand you know it wasn't a hit it wasn't anything it was just hey I'm here don't forget I'm here I'll come for that leg and just tapping it tapping it and it would it would it would throw the Korean Zombie off just a little bit where he would go okay let me hit you with a three piece or a two piece and then let me tap that inside leg or uh, that forward leg again let me let, let you know I'm here I'm here the whole time so I think that played a major factor into why Korean Zombie couldn't get himself going. I mean, that was not, he couldn't he didn't even win a round last night. Un- unanimous decision, one hundred percent. He he won no round. Korean Zombie. That was all Ortega. I mean, almost a, almost a clinic, uh, you could say, put on by Ortega. So, bully for him. It was great.
1: It was beautiful. And I de- and I definitely have Ortega getting that featherweight title. That's what I got. Just as a spoiler to everybody, I have P City going in there and getting the title that he couldn't get from Max Holloway last year.
0: Hey, if, I I think I texted you that the minute the fight was over, I said, "Oh, that's that's his his title. That's Ortega's title." Because that was that was his my biggest complaint, and mostly everyone's biggest complaint with with the Ortega Holloway fight, his striking was not up to par. To, go and bang with Holloway what I just saw was the best striking in he's ever put on so yeah I think that could be his title 100 100
1: I think that the fight with Holloway improved his striking to kind of make a, a another boxing uh, reference when Canelo lost to Mayweather that loss made him a better fighter now after seeing Ortega after two years what, that loss to Holloway has made him a better mixed martial artist. That's what he is now. He's more dangerous than he would have been if he just beat Holloway that night. Now he's more aware of where his shortcomings were, and apparently he's worked on them.
0: Oh, apparently, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he definitely worked on them. I mean, he has, I think we talked about it a little last last podcast. He um, added an entire new team except for Henner. So everything, his wrestling his kickboxing, he added a whole new team for him to get better at the stand-up. And with the exception of keeping Henner Gracie, because you don't get rid of Henner Gracie when he's in your corner. So other than that, and Henner wasn't even there. He didn't even need to be there. He, you know, We talked about it. He, he ended up coming down with a positive test for COVID, so he couldn't go to Fight Island and corner Brian Ortega. But from last, from what we saw last night, he didn't need to be there. He he did not need to be there. T City is real. Uh, I like I said before. I counted him out, and I definitely shouldn't have. Uh, not at all. Not at all. This I think this title fight that's going to come up is it's going to be changing hands a little bit, and then you know we can have Max Holloway fight the rematch against Ortega. If he you know we're thinking far ahead now, but if he ends up getting that title off of Volkamowski and then moves to being to defending that title, Holloway Ortega two is going to look real, real different.
1: (laughs) Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Then I can't wait for that rematch now. I really can't because it could be, it could be the same fight could be completely different, but I think it'll be another good banger really. And not to get ahead of ourselves because we have more fights to talk about, but just to give the Warriors their due last night, The fifty thousand dollar bonuses went to the prelim main event. That was the fight of the night, and then the performance of the night was Jessica Andrade against uh, where it was Jessica Andrade, and then Jimmy Crute. They both got fifty thousand dollar bonuses for their performances.
0: Yeah, Jimmy Crute uh, to start off with that one was just beautiful striking. I think he caught him with a left hook to start off the onslaught. I can't remember, I watched he it. He
1: caught him with four bangers is what he caught him yeah, with. Yeah, exactly,
0: so it, was, it was bad, it was bad. He, be, he beat the brakes off a oh, oh. Man, it was bad, but hey, that definitely got, that That definitely deserved a bonus, and then the one that actually, the Jessica Andrade one, that's one I kind of want to get into, because that was that was beautiful against Caitlin Chikagian, that was amazing, it wasn't just one shot coming off the side of the cage, if you watched it in live time, you might have just saw the one shot coming off into the stomach of Chukagian, coming off the cage, and then that's when she ran away and kind of made that yelp and backed up really far where it looked like she was just going to run away. But then she she turned around, faced Jessica Andraj again and came at her again. I rewatched it this morning, and Andraj was landing that same shot twice before that. She was digging into that body. This, that same mid-body uppercut, basically, underneath the ribcage, that was the third one that landed coming off the cage, and that was the one that really hurt her. And then the fourth one was when she came forward and just chased her down. Um, what's really amazing about that is because one of my favorite fighters, Valentina Shevchenko, right? Mm-hmm. She is the current title holder at that weight class. Remember, on actually, this was her first fight at 125, if you didn't know or if anyone listening didn't know. That was her first fight at 125. She was a 115-er, remember. That was who beat Thug Rose for when she dropped her on her head and then went on to lose to Zhang Li And then now she lost a, that second rematch against Thug Rose. It went to decision. So then Andrade ended up moving up in weight to 125. Why that's surprising is because now we have what looks to be a new title contender to fight Shevchenko at that 125 weight, which kind of breathe some lifeblood back in that division.
1: Mm. And did you uh, watch the pre... I know you did, but I missed the prelims, and that was the fight of the night, the prelim main event. Do you have anything to add to that, or do you just think it was a good fight and they deserved the performance of the night?
0: Yeah, just yeah, just good fight. It was the only one on the prelim that went to split decision. You know, the prelims, other than the first two matches, the early, early uh, prelims, those went to uh, KO and TKO, right? So those were stoppages. Everything else was unanimous decision on one side, so it was one-sided fights. Yeah, nothing really to add to that. It was um, it was just an all-out war, basically, uh, back and forth. And uh, it, it definitely deserves Fight of the Night, looking at everything else. I mean, you, you could give Fight of the Night to the Ortega-Chang Sung-Jung fight, right, the, the main event, but we, it's hard to do that when we all knew coming in That's fight of the night. You know what I mean? Yes, the main event for a a, reason. Exactly. And it can only be a a main event, in my eyes, can only be a a fight of the night if both sides are uh, banging. But, you know, it was one-sided, so you can't, can't give that to them.
1: Well, to Korean Zombies' credit... He was getting rocked, but he was doing everything. It wasn't like he was fighting a bad fight. He was going forward like he does. He's the Korean zombie. He's called that because you can't put him down, and he's never going to stop coming at you. And he and he lived up to his name. He did not fight a bad fight. At least I don't believe he did. Could he Could he made uh, adjustments? Maybe. But what adjustments could he have made? He was doing the best fight he possibly could have, especially by round three, when he was getting beat. I mean that like physically. He was getting beat. So he he can only do what he's best at. And I really don't know what else he could have done. But like you said, I didn't really give him a round. Um, What I do want to focus on now, because I think we touched on everything from last night's Fight Island. In, In six days as of this recording, UFC 254, Khabib versus Gaethje. What up? How excited are you for this fight? Who do you have in this fight? And before we get to the main event, let's work our way up because on the main card we also have Robert Whitaker versus Jared here.
0: Yeah. Uh, before we get to the main event, yeah, I am super excited for for two fifty four. This is, you know, it, it's hard to say it's not completely loaded, but it is. It, it's it's a it's a great card. The whole main card is is. Is, is amazing. So that Robert Whitaker, Jared, Jared can fight. Wow. I can't talk today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that Robert Whitaker, Jared can fight is amazing because let's go back to Izzy's fight. Right. When he defended his title against Paulo, right. He called out Jared Cannonier, who remember this guy. If, if you're a hardcore, you know, you know, some of the listeners should know this or might know this. He's a guy that came all the way down from heavyweight. You know, Jared started at heavyweight, came down, got more fit. He didn't look that fit at heavyweight. Went to light heavyweight. Now he's fighting at 185, right? Now he's fighting at middleweight. And he's been, been crushing it. He's ranked number three at at middleweight in the UFC right now. And to fight Robert Whitaker is a big deal because basically, not to, not to kind of ride the same same train but this is another one of those title eliminator fights this is an opportunity where if jared pulls this off against rob whitaker which isn't easy and izzy made it look easy but let's not forget it is not easy to get rid of Robert whitaker man it is not at all and he can do things that no one else can so that being said i'm excited about that fight by itself because then we might have an option to see, okay, what does is, Izzy is do again? Does he fight Cannonier because Cannonir wins? Or does Robert win two fights in a row and now get a chance for his title back? What are we looking at? You know? So that's that's my first initial reactions with with that bout.
1: No, me too. I really am focusing on that middleweight bout, and I don't think it's a co main event, I just think it's, you know, a big fight on the main card. So if, it's a three round, not a five. Uh, it doesn't it doesn't say what I'm looking at right now? But it, I hope it's either. I don't, you know, if it's five rounds, let's bring it on, right? Um, everything you said, I agree with. I didn't know uh, Cannoneer was a heavyweight, so that that was an education for me. But then again, the era he was a heavyweight wasn't exactly the best era for heavyweights in mixed martial arts. He was a heavyweight from 2011 to 2016, and then a light heavyweight from 2016 to 2018, and since 2018, he's been a middleweight and. What a body transition. He's 5'11", 185, so that type of weight difference, good for him. You know, I don't want to take anything away from him. Yep.
0: Yeah, I I mean, it's, yeah, just, just, I I think you could pull up that, I think UFC posted it, uh, you could pull up that picture of just the body transition of him in different weight classes. It looks like a different guy almost. It's good, yeah, good for him. I think he's fighting at a more, not more natural, but a more fit weight for him.
1: And... On the real, I really just can't wait to see Khabib. I got Khabib winning. No disrespect to Justin Gaethje. Uh, I don't respect interim champions, so I hate the poster for this uh, UFC pay-per-view. Because they both have belts, and that's just some Fugazi, uh, Dana White promoting bullshit. But Khabib is um, back. I think Khabib (laughs) is going to win. I don't know how. I'm going to assume by round three we'll know what kind of fight it is, if if it's still going by round three. I just, there's not much I actually have to say because I hate that they're billing it champion versus champion. I just really can't stand that. Um, But Khabib is a monster. He's arguably the best pound-for-pound fighter in the sport right now. He's dominant. He's only lost one round, and that was to Conor McGregor. Like, one round in UFC, I mean. yeah. I don't see a path for him losing short of father time catching up to him.
0: Yeah, as of right now, um, I, I, <laughs> I have nothing to say. Yeah, I, it's the one rare time I really got nothing to say different. I, I'm with you there. He's he's the most dominant fighter in his weight class of all time. You know, some people are still hesitant to give him that GOAT status. 28-0, he's he's the GOAT. He's never lost. He's... He, He's beaten everyone in his path, and like like you said, only lost one round to some people's greatest fighter, the most most spectacular, most spectacle-esque fighter. I, I can't think of another word for it, but that's what Connor is, right? He He's a guy that not only has the skill, but can throw you off because of how, especially when we had crowds, how loud that crowd can be for him. I mean, it's got to be a terrifying feeling to hear those chants for Connor when you're when you're the champion, when you're the man, and
1: everyone's still rooting for the other guy, so and to that point, me. to that point, Khabib wasn't phased. Khabib put on one of the most dominant performances of his career against Conor McGregor, who both me and you believe Conor is is a top tier fighter. But and we give him credit for surviving as long as he did because when you're getting punched in the head while your back is on the mat. And you're not done. that says a lot about how tough you really are. And Khabib, you know, you talk now or whatever the shit he was saying. That shit really happened and it was intense. And he wasn't phased. He seemed the most focused he ever seemed because he just doesn't like Conor. And now he's back against uh, Gaethje after the Poirier fight. And his legend is only growing. Not saying he he can't lose, but... He's just that dominant. I feel it's disrespectful to even say that, oh yeah, Gaethje's definitely going to win this, or Gaethje got this in the bag. Gaethje can win. There are paths that Gaethje can do, and it's an MMA fight. If you get caught with the right uh, hit, or you get caught in the right submission, it's over. That's that's the sport. You can't fuck up like that. But I haven't seen Khabib make any mental mistakes like that since I've been watching him. And real quick, because so me and you only focus on the main card, the main event of the prelims, Next week at, at this pay per view is Stefan Struve versus Ty Tuavasa. I can't ever say that guy's name, but that's a that's heavy, it, yeah, that was it. <laughs> but, but, but that's a guy. That's a heavyweight fight that people should be checking out. But though that's a cool mismatch of fighters in that division. That who knows what the hell is going to happen. If I had to guess, I'd say Ty might knock him out. But if they get yeah. tired, Struve is you know gigantic, and he might just kick his head off. I don't know. But,
0: yeah, I was going to say, Stefan Shrew, the, the, the skyscraper,
1: right? The tower, whatever his nickname
0: is. I, I can never remember, but he's a giant.
1: Seven <laughs> foot tall, man.
0: Yeah, giant in that ring. When you see him towering above the cage, it's like, oh, that's terrifying.
1: Yeah. He's <laughs> so, like, yeah,
0: that, that's definitely a good one on the prelim, uh, prelim card. Uh, not to cut you off, my apologies. But uh, that's definitely a good one to uh, to start. They're both on a losing streak, uh, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, I'd have to look that up. Uh, so that's definitely a good one to see who's going to move forward again. What's what's going to happen? What are we going to do with their careers? To the credit of what you're saying with Gaethje, yes, anyone can win. To go back to that real quick, anyone can win, right? And, and we're not going to take that away from anybody that fights in, in a cage, right? You can win at any time, anywhere. I'm on the side of Yeah, Khabib has been so dominant, and there is a pathway. You mentioned there's a pathway for any fight in the win. The pathway is what they've been basically touting on all the uh, promos for this fight, which I sent you a couple because, you know, you asked me how excited. I'm beyond excited for this fight. It's, It's, in my eyes, one of the greatest fights of all time to see how can we get this done because we're talking about, and like I said, they said in the promos a lot, we're talking about a guy in Khabib where... He takes guys down, brings you to the mat, and beats the shit out of you on the ground. But his ground and pound is the best we've ever seen. First is a guy, Justin Gagey, who is an amazing wrestler, but has never been taken down—not once. So I don't know what to expect coming out of this fight. He's, Justin Gagey has never been taken down. He's a—he's a guy with a wrestling background that never uses it. He never uses wrestling, and he stands up and wants to sit there and bang. I think the quote they always use on those promos is from Joe Rogan, where he goes, the most violent man in the most violent sport. Mm. It's true. It's true. It's terrifying what Justin Gaethje can do. And with the whole interim championship thing, this is why I do like Gaethje, because when he got that belt and Joe Rogan's interviewing him, Remember, he threw that thing off, and it's in the promos everywhere. He threw that thing off. He goes, hey, wh- why don't you want that? You don't want that on you? And he goes, nah, I'm ra- waiting for the real one. That is the most real shit I've ever seen from a fighter, other than, you know, there's tons of stuff. But that is the most real shit out of Gagey I've ever seen. It gets me hyped.
1: Oh, no, I agree. even admits it. I agree, dude. I, I love that UFC has left that in the promos. It makes it mean so much more that they're acknowledging what so many fans... What, what is so many fans' biggest criticism of the UFC? So the fact that they left that in there, good on them. And you're not even overselling it. This fight, pound for pound, right now, UFC ranking. Khabib is number two on the pound for pound, second to only John Jones, and I think there's an argument to be made that he should be number one, against Gaethje, who is seven on the pound for pound rankings. Like, these guys are for real. I believe Gaethje might be like seven on the pound-for-pound rankings for all fighters, not even just UFC if we look up those uh, pound-for-pound rankings. These guys are some of the best the sport has to offer right now in 2020. In October 2020, we are going to get to see two of the best possible fighters go head-to-head for one of the most coveted titles in the sport. And it can't be sold enough, so I have to ask you this now while we're six days away. What is your official prediction for this fight?
0: Uh, this one, I actually have this one going to decision on on Khabib's side because I've never seen Gaethje on the ground. I can't say that Khabib is going to be able to submit him because we've never seen it. I don't. We don't know what to expect if Khabib can get Gaethje to the ground, and if he can't, that means. We're gonna see Khabib stand for five rounds. That's that's scary. That's scary for for Khabib. Terrifying. So I'm gonna go with Khabib. Khabib by decision. I think it, it, it might even be split. It's not gonna be unanimous. It might be split decision. Uh, might be very close. I think I think Khabib's gonna be able to solve the puzzle and bring him down because. His wrestling transitions are beautiful. He'll keep pursuing a wrestling transition, but what he's got to worry about is those stone hands that Gaethje has. So I think Gaethje might come out a little stronger, a little quicker in the beginning, but overall, Khabib's going to get it done. Uh, split decision. Yeah.
1: All right. I think you're right. What about you? I, I think you're right. I, if I went first, I probably would have said split decision, but you definitely broke it down better than I was going to do. Uh, just to be play devil's advocate and have a different prediction – I would say split decision, but I'm also just my gut instincts. And apparently, I should have been betting on my gut instincts all the last month. But <laughs> I'm going to say Khabib by TKO in the third or fourth. And oh, for, wow. for everything that you're saying, right? That, oh, he never gets taken down. He never gets taken down. Now, to give everybody a little peek behind the curtain, you're more of a wrestler. I'm more of the boxer if we're going to be, you know, sparring with each other. And you're right. We don't want to see Khabib stand. But if Gagey gets too comfortable, it's fucking Khabib. He's going to get him down. And I'm saying TKO because the ground and pound is real. Like, I don't see a way of like getting him necessarily in the submission in my own imagination right now. But I do see is the shock of getting taken down. All you need is one clean hit. One clean hit when you take somebody down. You punch them in the head that one time get them that daze. That daze when they're on their feet and they're out, but you're on the ground. You hit them a couple more times, the ref calls the fight, that's a TKO victory. That's what I see happening for Khabib because it's fucking Khabib. Could he choke him out? Yeah. I could say submission, but I want to make it a little bit more exciting because if, if I'm right about this, I'm going to play the numbers, everybody. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start playing the lottery if I'm right about this TKO. It could be a <laughs> submission in the third, but I'm going to go TKO just because I like round and pound too.
0: Hey, well... to to your credit if you don't remember his two losses were just that Dustin Poirier and Eddie Alvarez right so Gaethje's losses that's that's where they come from you know they weren't submissions so you you might be (laughs) shit you might be right man
1: (laughs) that's funny (laughs) I might might have
0: to put a I might have to put a quiet bet no sorry to cut you off but yeah I might have to put a quiet bet uh not let anyone know, but that might might be, you know, like, oh, I might, you know third or fourth round. Let's see, see what the odds are. See if they're worth me putting some money
1: down. <laughs> those losses were back in 2017 and 2018. December 2017, April 2018 to Eddie Alvarez and Poirier. That's crazy. And those are the only two losses on Gaethje's record. Oh, yeah, I didn't uh, do what I usually do. Gaethje's record as of right now is 22 wins, two losses. 19 wins by knockout, one by the submission, two by decision. That's an amazing record. All props. No disrespect to to him. Khabib, you know, the reigning, defending. Sorry, I'm doing my Paul Heyman stalling for time. (laughs) He has uh, 28 wins and zero losses. And his breakdown is ridiculous. Eight by knockout, 10 by submission, 10 by decision. That's it. There's no losses, to, so we. That's why me and you were both like, how are you going to guess anybody but him at this point? Everybody, you know, father time comes for everybody, but Khabib's trying to get to thirty and retire, and it's a very clear path right now if he can get through Gaethje. Because I like Connor, but if that if the match thirty is a rematch with Connor, I don't see Connor beating Khabib. I just don't.
0: No, yeah, he's not, he's not pulling that out. You you made a mention of when the. Uh... ...when the Dustin Poirier fight was, which was in 2018. So, Gaethje definitely has had time to develop his game. But also, Dustin Poirier had time to develop his game since 2018. And we all saw what the Eagle did to Dustin Poirier. So, you know, we can play the game of, oh, well, this fighter does this and this fighter did that. We just don't know. But, yeah, it's hard to go against Habib right now. Unless you just don't like him for your own reasons. If you look at the record... It's, it's hard to bet against them. But to bring some of them back for you, just for your knowledge, for other rankings, because you were talking about the UFC rankings, Tapology, which is user-submitted, right? Tapology has the pound-for-pound pound rankings as thus. It is one, Khabib, at the top of the pound-for-pound pound rankings, so you had that right. Actually, number two, Stipe, number three, Israel, number four, John Jones, and then we'll go... Well, I'll just read them all for you. At number five, Kamaru Usman. Number six, Volkanowski. And then again, sitting there at number seven, Justin Gaethje. So not only does the UFC think that, most of the fans think that, most of the media thinks that Justin Gaethje is not only a top contender in his division, not only a top contender in the UFC, number seven pound for pound in the world. So nice. it's, it, yeah,
1: it goes to what you're saying. All right. So, is there anything else you want to add before we wrap it up here? Because me and you can just nerd out all day and talk about how excited we are for this fight next week.
0: No, no, nothing else.
1: Not really. Oh, Um, shit. You know what we forgot? And I'm not even joking. I know I usually do this and it's a joke. But, like, Cyborg fought in Bellator this past week, too. That's how much shit happened in fights just this one week since the last time we recorded. Cyborg had a dominant performance out in Bellator.
0: Yeah, beat the crap out of... uh... (laughs) Oh, what's her name? Exactly. Uh, yep,
1: yeah, sorry. <laughs> oh, uh, man. I can't even
0: remember. But yeah, it's, uh, she had a dominant, dominant performance. And that's what, what we were kind of talking about in our last Bellator, talking about Michael Venom Page and all that. We were talking about how they have these fighters that they don't want to see really. They want to see some movement, but the fighters that they have are so top tier Bellator that you're not going to see too much change and yeah she she beat her one by river naked choke so yeah it was beautiful to see chris cyborg back in there doing her thing arlene glumko yes thank you but i mean she's it's it's sad to say but it's not 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 much for her i I don't think we're gonna see any turnover with cyborg having that title so it's fun but you know how you know how it goes with chris cyborg the only person that I think puts fear in that that woman's eyes is Amanda Nunez. So yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. So, but other than that, yeah. Um, I'm glad you mentioned. that. I did forget about that because so much has gone on with, like you said, we started with boxing here, and you know we got we got UFC going crazy towards the end of the year. Um, I guess the the only other thing I can really add just be ready, be ready for. I think the best fight of the year. Oh. Uh, I mean, it's early to say, but I think it's going to be the fight of the year.
1: A, and expect more boxing as, as boxing returns. Like we said earlier, we want to cover boxing too, but there hasn't been that much big boxing to cover. And not even the, the, the younger fighters that me and you are fans of because those promoters, man, they're not doing nothing without the gate money. So at least we have UFC, at least we have Bellator. And if we can catch more one championship fighting, we'll, we're going to be talking about that. It's just a matter of literally consuming all of this entertainment that the sport is providing us because it's a good time for mma ironically during one of the worst years for sports because of the pandemic so it's crazy to think that a a chris cyborg fight happened and we forgot about it because of a good non-title ufc fight and a four title boxing match yeah yep but uh tell them where they can find you cuz
0: uh, you can find me on all the socials at T Owens one one zero five. You can hit me up there if you have any questions or anything you'd like us to talk about. I'll put that out there. Let me know. we we'll de- I'll definitely bring some stuff up. Yeah, boxing's going to be on here and MMA as always. So, yep, T Owens eleven zero five. You can find me Instagram, Twitter, all that. So
1: nice. I'm on Instagram, Twitter, <laughs> not the Chuck D. All one word. We're at the Dope Blog on Twitter at the underscore Dope Blog on Instagram and at the Dope Blog and Podcast on Facebook. And we will catch you later. Peace.
0: I'm I'm you I'm I'm you